Hey guys, welcome to episode number 13 of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, so today I'm here with John Lee Dumas, aka JLD. He is one of the best podcasters out there. He's the founder of the award-winning podcast Entrepreneur on Fire, which has brought him over $13 million in revenue since launching, launching in 2012. He's known for releasing podcasts daily, which is pretty freaking crazy, and he's interviewed over 2,000 entrepreneurs, including Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss, and my favorite, Jack Canfield. Welcome. Mimi, I am fired up to be here. You know, I may have interviewed over 2,000 successful entrepreneurs, but every time I jump with somebody, jump on with somebody on their own podcast, it's a whole new game. Really? Am, am I the, the, your favorite person you've ever had a conversation <laughs> with? Within the first 45 <laughs> seconds of any interview, yes, so far, so good. Oh, great. I'm so happy. Well, thank you so much for being here. You're a busy man. So I'm actually very, very grateful that you had the time to jump on my podcast. Yeah. And you actually caught me right before a 65 day European trip. So I leave tomorrow as you and I are speaking right now, and I will be gone in 17 different countries over the course of 65 days. God, what are you doing? What, like, how can you do that? <laughs> Just traveling. <laughs> and that's the beauty of podcasting, by the way. Maybe we'll get into this more a little bit later, but you know, a lot of people are like, Hey, how do you do a daily podcast? I'm like, well, Sometimes I just do like 15 in one day and that's the next 15 days worth of episodes. So on this trip, you know, I have episodes that are going to be going live the entire time that I'm gone, but I just all batched. I batched them all. I got them set up. They're scheduled to be released the whole time that I'm gone. You know, I'll check in to make sure everything's good from here and there, you know, from Prague or from Venice or from wherever. But, you know, for the most part, I'm just going to be enjoying life. I, that is crazy. See, I was actually going to ask you that, like, how the hell do you do it? <laughs> but what are you doing in Europe? Like, what are you doing for those 65 days if you're not podcasting? I'm just going to be traveling and enjoying life. You know, I, Instagram is a big platform for me like it is for you as well. And so my Instagram stories will be on fire, literally. Um, I'll just be <laughs> enjoying the exploring different towns. I've always been a huge history lover. So just kind of walking through some of those medieval Eastern European towns like Bratislava and Budapest is just going to be so much fun. So, you know, honestly, this is just a big trip we like to take every single year. We put our heads down. We work hard for most of the year, knowing that we're going to have a huge trip at some point. And this just happens to be the one. That's awesome. I love that so much. Work hard, play hard. Heck yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Well, congrats. And that sounds so exciting. If you end up in London, I know you're probably not, but hit me up if you are. Yeah, we're not this year just because last year I actually was the opening keynote for Youpreneur Summit, which takes place every year in London. It's actually at the Queen Elizabeth II Center, and it's like in the shadows of Westminster Abbey. So it's a beautiful location. It's an epic conference. Youpreneur Summit, if you're in London and you consider yourself an entrepreneur and you're not there, you got to question what's going on. 
how how did I not know about this? I see. I need to get my my head of the game. I'm like so new at this whole thing, and you're teaching me so much already. Yay. <laughs> okay, so do you want to tell um, some of my listeners that may not know about you a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'll give a quick background story. I won't try to bore them, but you know, I'm from the United States. I grew up in Maine, which is a small state uh, above Boston. Oh, and great <laughs> yeah, yummy lobster for sure. That's actually our, our state motto is we have awesome lobster. And I spent the first 18 years of my life there. I went to college on an army scholarship. So after college, I spent eight years as an officer in the US Army. And I did a 13-month tour of duty in Iraq, which is where I think I learned a lot of my discipline and all the productivity that comes with having to basically command a platoon of tanks in a wartime environment. So that was pretty intense. Um, after my military experience, I tried law school, corporate finance, commercial real estate, like all those really boring, lame, traditional jobs. And I stunk at every single one of them. I was I, not successful. I was not happy. So finally, I said, man, I need to figure out how to become an entrepreneur. So I bought all the books. I listened to audiobooks, And I was like, man, these audiobooks are really expensive. I love them, but they're expensive. So how do I get this content for cheaper or maybe for free? And that's when I found podcasting back in like 2010. And for two years, Mimi, I just listened. I was listening to podcasts. I loved consuming them. The on-demand, targeted, free content of podcasts. But one thing that I found over the two years was I was finding a show that I loved and I was running out of content because that that host would only post one episode per week or two episodes per month. Like that was all that people did back then. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, where's the daily show interviewing entrepreneurs? It didn't exist. So I ripped a page out of Gandhi's book, you know, which is be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. I knew I was not going to be a good podcaster because I'd never done it before. You know, for me, and to kind of maybe step back and side note real quick. Like people always say, John, I'm not going to be good at podcasting. I'm like, of course you're not because you've never done it before. When have you ever been good at something you've never done before? You need to practice. You need to put in the work. You need to grind. That's the only way you're going to get good. So I was horrible as a podcaster when I started. I got a little bit better after 100 episodes, a lot better after 500. And you know, here we are at 2,000 episodes and I'm still improving each and every interview in some way, shape or form. So I just That's had to crazy. do the thing. And so back in 2012, I said, you know what? I'm going to launch the first daily podcast interviewing successful entrepreneurs. And because it was different, Mimi, because it was unique, because it was filling a void that nobody else was filling, it was a hit almost right away. Again, not because I was good, because I wasn't. And not because the show was great, because it wasn't, but because it was filling a void that wasn't being filled. So the biggest piece of advice I give to podcasters in today's world is find something that's not currently being done in a podcast and do that thing. And if you have to niche down, niche down, niche down again until you're in this area where nobody's doing that thing, guess what? Then you'll win. Because when I launched my podcast, I was the best daily podcaster in the world. I was also the worst daily podcaster in the world. I was the only daily podcaster in the world. So I was niched down. If you wanted to listen to a show every single day, you had no other choice. It was like, having one station on your television. That's it. You had no other choice, period. And so I launched back in 2012, had pretty uh, much instant listenership. 
took about six months before I started making any money with it. And then a year before I started making any real money with it. But now as you and I are talking, and as you mentioned in the intro, um, Entrepreneurs on Fire has over 2,000 episodes, you know, as we approach our sixth year as a podcast. Uh, we have over 70 million listens to date. My podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, has over a million listens every single month right now. It's one of the oh top God. ranked podcasts in, in business podcasts in the world. And um, it was awarded best of iTunes, which was a really cool honor that we had. And, uh, but you know, it's not just like all these vanity metrics that you see a lot of people on Instagram and Facebook have, like with these massive numbers. But what's behind those numbers? Well, we've also generated over $13 million in revenue. And this is for uh, a boyfriend girlfriend team. You know, my girlfriend, Kate, has been on my team. She's been part of the Entrepreneurs on Fire team since 2012. It's just the two of us and a couple of virtual assistants. So, the net profit on our business is 65 to 70% any given month. And like I mentioned earlier, we uh, share all of our income reports every single month at eofire.com slash income because we want people like you, Mimi, who are starting off podcasting to see what's working in podcasting, but also what's not working in podcasting is we make mistakes every month and we share the mistakes, our failures, our missteps, as well as our wins and successes. That's incredible. And, you know, it really just makes sense to me why you were so successful from the beginning, because you were giving the market something that it didn't have. And that in all of those business books that I read and all the personal growth books that I read, and I read a lot of them, it's consistent. If you want to give value and you want to be successful, you have to give the market what it doesn't have. You need to be unique. You need to be extraordinary. And even if you're not good at the beginning, you're going to learn. And that's just so amazing and aspirational. And I'm usually so proud of yourself. I'm like so impressed right now. Thank you. Well, you know, like I said, we made a lot of mistakes along the way and we're just as open about sharing those as we are our successes and wins because I'm a big believer. If you're not failing fairly often, then you're never going to win at a high level because it's from those failures, those mistakes, you learn how to adjust, how to pivot, how to make things better. And then you keep driving forward with that. So every so often I look in the mirror and I'm like, yo, JLD, you haven't failed in a couple of days or maybe even a week here. What's the deal? And I go out and I do something that I screw up in or I make a mistake in. I get out of my comfort zone because maybe that's where all the magic happens. Yes. And you know, that's what Gary Vee always says too. He's like, I love failing and he loves, you know, being proven wrong. And it's, it's just, so it, it's room for growth. You know what I mean? So that's awesome that you think that way. And I think everybody should just start embracing fear and embracing mistakes so much more because it so much brings more. you the person you need to be. Yeah. I mean, people sure. think that like, if, oh, if I fail and somebody finds out that I failed, then they're never going to respect me again. Number one, nobody's watching and nobody cares. Just get that through your head at first, like literally. And by the way, the few people that might catch you quote unquote failing are going to forget about it in five minutes anyways, because there's too much actual stuff happening in the world. So get over that, you know, and have some humility. Realize, of course, you're not going to be good at things. I mean, every time I start something new, I'm really bad at it. I was not good at Instagram for a long time. I was not good at video for a long time. I wasn't good speaking from stage for a long time, but I kept doing those things. And as I mentioned, you know, I was just the opening keynote at Youpreneur Summit in downtown London last year. And I'm consistently speaking in front of thousands of people all over the world, not because I was good naturally, it's because I was bad and I kept doing it. And now I'm, you know, getting better. Do you ever get nervous still? Obviously, at the beginning, you know, public speaking is one of the biggest fears that humans have. Do, are you still ever nervous? Or Every time. Really, I honestly believe. Time? 
if you don't get a little, at least a little nervous, and I'm more than a little nervous usually, but if you're not at least a little nervous when you're doing something, then it's not out of your comfort zone. It's not a big enough deal for you. You're not going to give it your all because you're just not going to care that much. And if you know you check your pulse and it's not kind of going you know, before you get up on stage, then you got to go find something else because you got to find something that lights you up, that gets you. I mean, I'm excited as all heck to get on stage. I am fired up. I want to be on that stage but I'm nervous too. Like there's a combination of a lot of emotions there. And if you don't have that mix of emotions, then check your pulse, do something else. Totally. And see, this is what you do. You turn anxiety and fear into excitement. And obviously you probably know this, but your body goes through the same um, thing when you're nervous or excited. You know, your heart starts racing, your pulse goes up, you're kind of sweaty and you're clammy. So that's such a great tool for any kind of thing that you're scared of doing um, to just turn that 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 switch in your head. I'm not nervous. I'm not scared. I'm excited and I'm pumped to do this. I'm pumped too, girl. <laughs> okay, awesome. Should we get right into the questions? Sure. Awesome. Okay, so I'd love to know about how you took the jump into podcasting. I know earlier you were telling me about how you did so many different jobs that you found were really boring before and you didn't really know exactly what your passion was for so long. But, you know, so many people, they they think they want to get into something and they, they think about it in their head for so long, but they just never do it. How did you take the leap and just do it? Again, for me, it was years of reading the books, listening to the audiobook, just like you mentioned you've done as well. I mean, when you are consuming the right content, when you are surrounding yourself with the right people, in fact, you know, I end every one of my podcast episodes with you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with MB and JLD today, so keep up the heat. Because listen, I'm such a believer in that. When you surround yourself with the right people, when you invest in yourself with the right mentors, when you read the right content, when you listen to the right podcast, when you're doing these things, then you are going to naturally progress forward. So I learned so much from doing all of those things. And I will never be at a place in my life where I'm not consuming content, where I'm not learning, where I'm not educating myself, where I'm not putting myself in a position to fail because I know it's only through failure that I'm actually going to learn anything valuable and move and improve as an individual. So those are just all things that got me to where I am today, pre-launch, during launch, post launch, and then as you and I are talking here, you know, in 2018. I mean, this is just what it's all about to me, and this is what fires me up. That's amazing. You're literally preaching to the choir. I always Ooh. tell people you're an average of the five people you hang out with most. Oh, cool. Yeah, you that's know. a Jim Rohn quote. I'll give him give him some props there. Jim Rohn. Oh yeah, okay. That's that's who it is. I've I've been reading it in all of the books, and it's so freaking true. It just makes so much sense. And once you start hanging out with the, the right people or, you know, feeding your brain with the right content, your life is going to change. It's amazing. Totally. So yeah, that's great. So you just motivated yourself and got in it. That's great. How about this? What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten from someone you've interviewed? Because you've interviewed so many people, some of my idols. Like I am obsessed with Jack Canfield. His my first personal growth book that I read. Uh, my mom gave it to me when I was 16 and it's the success principles by Jack Canfield and it totally changed my life. So I have a special place in my heart for Jack and also Tony Robbins. I've been to his seminars and he's amazing. What's like the one 
piece of advice that you've really, really stuck on to? Well, since you love Jack, I'll give you something that Jack actually said in the interview with him um, that wasn't his specific quote, but it's something that he loves and lives by that I've really picked up and ran with as well. And it's a quote by Albert Einstein. Try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And when Jack said that, I was like, oh my God, like that actually makes everything clear to me now. Like when I went to law school, when I went to corporate finance, when I was in commercial real estate, I was chasing success. I was trying to become a person of success and I wasn't finding success and I wasn't finding happiness. But when I shifted everything and started becoming a person of value, putting free, valuable, and consistent podcast episodes out to the world, success found me. So now going forward, that's what I do. I focus on becoming a person of value more and more so every day. That's amazing. And that's so true. But my question is, when did you realize that you had to start, you know, because you sell online courses, you sell journals, you, you monetize your brand really, really well. So obviously giving free content is super important to build your audience base. But like how, when did you decide I need to actually start making money from this and stop giving away free stuff? So it wasn't necessarily that as my revelation. It was how can I continue to just give, 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 give free, valuable, and consistent content until I get to the point where somebody else is going to want to pay me to get in front of this audience that I'm creating. And I, I call my audience, my listeners, Fire Nation. And so that happened for me at about the six-month point. I had grown my listenership to over 100,000 listens per month. I started having a bunch of big business sponsors reach out to me and say, hey, we love your show. We obviously see that you're growing a monster show with a lot of listeners that are entrepreneurs, small business owners. We have products and services that are perfect for them. We would love to give you um, an opportunity to make money through sponsorships. We would love to give your listeners great promotions or coupons or deals to start our products and services. So it's going to be a win for them. And it'll be a win for us because you're sending us good quality leads. Because by the way, they know, like, and trust you, John. They like you because you're the host of the show. So if you are going to promote our content to them, it's a win-win-win because it's going to make us look good as well to the listeners. So I sat back, I thought about it. I was like, okay, Number one, my listeners are going to get some really good deals on some really great products and services. I'm going to actually generate revenue through these sponsorships. And these sponsors are going to get great uh, people that are going to be trying out their products and services that might become lifelong customers. And so it did kind of fit that win-win-win scenario that really made a lot of sense. But I will say this, one thing that I was committed to from day one as I am to this day and will be ever forward is the products and services that I promote and that I recommend that anybody promotes, you have to test it. You have to try it. You have to love it. Because the minute you recommend something that stinks, that's a dud, and that your listeners trust you and they try and it bites them in the butt or they, it's not good and they don't like it, you've lost that trust. And it's, you know, as Warren Buffett says, it takes 20 years to build that trust, to build that reputation. It can take five minutes to throw it all away. Mm. Have you ever had to say no to any massive jobs that would pay so well? Huge. I'll tell you, a lot of sponsors to this day that still reach out to me are, for instance, an industry in like the um, high percentage loan industry. So, like, you know, that you can like quote unquote get an 18 to 26% loan for your business, which I know is just absolutely crippling to any business. So, you can go out there and get a 3%, 4%, 5% loan because, you know, sometimes you do need that injection of cash. But I would never promote any of my listeners going and getting these, you know, just ridiculously high interest rate loans that frankly, 
usually are pretty impossible to pay back. And so like I would never, they're actually, uh, there's a name for them. They're called predatory loans. Of course, they don't call themselves that, but that's like the real kind of phrase for them. And they were willing to pay so much money to sponsor my show. But I knew that if any of my listeners did that, they were going to be buried in a mountain of debt they may never be able to get out of. So I just didn't want to guide my listeners down those kind of roads. Good for you. And that just shows that you care so much about your audience. And that's just incredible. And I think that's probably why you're so successful today is because you've you've always kept that trust. You've never done anything to, to break it, right? So that's yeah. amazing. Thanks. Um, okay, so next is you release a podcast a day, and that's pretty insane. Where do you get your drive from? Have you ever missed a day? And how do you set yourself up for success? I know you said before you do a lot in advance, but have you ever missed just one? I've never missed a day. I've never missed a day where an episode was supposed to go live. So back in September of 2012, we launched Entrepreneurs on Fire. And for 2,000 days in a row, 2,000 episodes, a show went live. A show was available for my listeners, Fire Nation. Now, I will say this, uh, back on April 13th, this was obviously a very planned announcement that we made. Uh, We had been planning for up to six months before that. But at episode 2000, obviously a big, big number and a kind of a nice round number, we made the announcement that Entrepreneurs on Fire was shifting from a daily show to a twice a week show. And I made the shift for a number of reasons. You know, number one, I wanted my interviews to go longer. I wanted to do 45 to an hour um, interviews with some of the people that I really admired. You know, before my daily shows were 15 to 20 minute, that kind of range, they were really valuable. They were quick hitting, they were, they popped, they were great, but I wanted to shift. And then I also wanted to not have every episode be an interview. I wanted to do call in shows where people could ask me questions or just do a rant show where I was going to talk about a topic that was interesting or disturbing me or something along those lines. So making the shift on April 13th from a daily show at episode 2000 to a twice a week show um, was pretty big decision. And I'm very excited about it. <laughs> as, I'm as excited about it today as I was then. And the beautiful thing is, if I ever want to go back to a daily show, it's just a snap of the fingers because that's a podcast. It is your show. You make the decisions. Absolutely. That's great. And at the beginning, how did you find 2000 people in a row to interview? Did you ever do any episodes alone? Like, come on, everybody's hire someone to like email a billion people a day. See, that's everybody's question because, and I'm telling you, everybody's like my mentor, who is one of the top business podcast hosts in the world. Her name's Jamie Masters of the eventual millionaire. She was my mentor and I was part of some masterminds and everybody was like, how are you going to find enough people to interview every single day? And it's just insane, like what the reality is. So when I first started, you know, I had to hustle and I had to go to like different entrepreneurial websites and um, specifically like entrepreneurial conference websites where they would be um, listing out all the speakers of the event. So for instance, Mimi, you could go to Google and Google Youpreneur Summit 2018, London, England. And you're going to go to, shockingly, their homepage. And there's going to be a tab that says speakers. You're going to see 40 people who are traveling to London to speak from 40 for 45 minutes on stage in front of a couple hundred people. Now, guess what? I bet if you reached out to them and said, hey, you can stay in your pajamas with a cup of coffee in your hand and just chat with me for 30 to 40 minutes from your 
you know, home, from your bedroom, from your kitchen, from wherever, pretty dope, right? And that was a pretty easy sell. So finding people was never really an issue. Of course, you have to really hustle and get out and reach out to a lot of people. But by like episode three or 400, what happened was a turning of the tide where now people were seeing that my show was really on fire and was getting a ton of traction and traffic and had a big listenership and audience. And then people started reaching out to me. And at this moment, when we're talking right now, I get over four hundred applications to be on my show every single month. And because of my of the success of my show with over a million listens per month and with 400 people a month asking to be on the show, we set up a very thorough application process, which involves a $5,500 appearance fee to be on Entrepreneurs on Fire. So that's another revenue source that we've opened up is the quote unquote appearance fee for the guests that are going to get massive value for being on my show why would there not be a value exchange? And that's one thing that you can really look forward to as a podcast host is if you create a platform that's going to offer massive value to your li- to uh, your listeners and massive value to your guest for being on, then there can be potentially an exchange of value. Like if somebody's going to come on my show and talk about their new business book and they're going to get 10,000 sales of their book because of being on my show... Um, are they really doing me a favor coming on the show or am I doing them a favor having them on the show? Well, I think it's pretty obvious what the, where the favor is being had. So if you want to invest in yourself and get in front of a massive audience, pay the appearance fee, come on. And then they still have to go through an application process to make sure they're the right fit. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I don't blame you. That's a mat. It's like you have your own advertising platform and it's like, you know, it's like having a billboard that reaches a million people every month. Why would you give that away for free? Yeah. You don't see anybody just just giving the billboard away. That's a great analogy. Yeah. I think I read that once, (laughs) the billboard (laughs) analogy. And I think I I use that to explain it to like my grandparents on why social media is actually a business. When they ask me, they're like, oh, what do you I bet they get that. And the same thing with like commercials. You can tell your parents, hey, remember on the radio? Do you think that people just got to have their commercial on the radio for free? Do you think that people just got to have commercials on television for free? No. Well, if we're going to you know, drive awesome traffic to people through social media, through Instagram, through this, through that, why would we not get compensated? Totally. And it's like, I, I like to tell people, well, not people, but I like to tell like my grandma when she asks and she's so like confused about it. I'm like, Grandma, I have my own advertising agency, okay? <laughs> like, this, is, this is what I do, you know? And you know what's um, funny is like that we're it. talking about this right now is that literally the younger generation being like people who are like six and under, like they're not even going to know a world where this isn't so overly obvious. Like you and I are part of this generation. We're the transition generation where it's really weird to more than half the population that, you know, that I literally last month made $60,000 in podcast sponsorships alone. That was just podcast sponsorships. And that's, that's that's weird to a lot of people. And I get it because A, it's a lot of money, but it's not going to be weird to the younger generation. It's all they're going to know period. Look at Kylie Jenner. I mean, it is nuts. Yeah, it's insane. You know, in in grade five, I'm sure there are kids being like, oh, I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up. You know, it's it's insane. Um, I I really wonder what it's going to be like. This is actually one of my questions for you. Since you are a social media and a podcaster king, (laughs) what do you think is going to happen in the next 10 or 20 years? Where do you think this industry is going? 
I mean, it's only going up and through the roof. And, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk said it right, and he's completely true, speaking the truth on this, is it's all about attention. So I don't know where Instagram is going to be next year or next in the next five years. I don't know where podcasting is going to be a year or five years from now. But I know that whoever has the attention on the platform that is commanding the attention is going to be winning at a very high level, both just financially and as a brand, as an authority figure, as an advertising agency, whatever it might be. It's all about attention. So if you can not fall in love with a platform, I mean, of course, you should you should right now, Mimi, obviously be in love with Instagram because you're crushing on Instagram and you're doing great things, but you should also be willing to fall out of love with Instagram if it stops being you know, the best place for you to be you or for you to grow your brand and your business. And hopefully that doesn't happen for a long time, but we never know what, what is next. We never know what's going to launch. Like, you know, I mean, for for a minute it was like, okay, Snapchat, Snapchat's going to be the next thing. But then Instagram was like, oh, not so fast. We're just going to copy Snapchat. And then Snap, and then all of a sudden, boom, it was a mass exodus back. And you have to be flexible. You have to be agile. You have to always be looking for the next thing. And for every listener, to me, this is so exciting because guess what? You may not have a brand right now. You may not have an audience right now. You may not even have an idea right now. But keep your eyes open because that next thing is always coming. That next thing is just over the horizon. And if you are one of the first movers, like I was a first mover for podcasting. Back in 2012, nobody was doing what I was doing. I was a first mover. I had the first mover's advantage. I had that land grab. And I don't really know your history, Mimi, with Instagram, but I have to guess the you, you know, weren't, you know, Mimi come lately. Like you probably had put in the time and the effort to build up what you built up because most people that are having real success on different platforms, you know, have been on those platforms creating consistent, valuable content for a long time. So that next thing is going to come because it's right over the horizon. If you are able and willing to make it happen, then and, and jump on it and go all in, you could be that person who has that first mover advantage, who has that land grab like I did with podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I don't even think podcasting is at its peak yet. What, there are 500 and something thousand accounts or podcasts out there. And I, I really think it's growing so quickly now because it's becoming a bigger thing. Um, and I'm not sure if you read Gary Vee's new book, Crushing It. I just read the chapter on podcasts and he thinks that it's- Well, I don't know how closely you read that chapter then because the entire chapter was about me, John Lee Dumas. <laughs> I know. That's kind of how I found your name, by the way. Not going to lie. I was reading his book and I'm just like contacting as many people as I can yeah. um, that, that's in the industry to, to interview for this podcast. So I actually found you through Gary Vee's book. So shout yeah, out to Yeah, a lot Gary. of people have, for sure. I mean, that book is a sensation. I think it's probably going to be one of the biggest selling entrepreneurial books of 2018. And yeah, I was chapter 14. I was also the very first person he mentions in the introduction as well. So I'm the first entrepreneur that he mentions in the introduction. Then of course, chapter 14's on podcasting, which happens to be my number, by the way, totally random. But uh, that's super cool as well. Wow. Yeah, I love it. I would have obviously preferred to be chapter one or two or four, but chapter <laughs> 14 worked out just fine. And uh, yeah, it's been a really cool uh, experience. A lot of people reached out to me because of it and um, definitely started following me, et cetera. But that is what is so key is you have to find your thing, go all in and just be that person who's going to continue to deliver free, viable and consistent content. Totally. Do you think podcasting has reached, um, you know, its its highest 
threshold or do you think it's going to grow crazy? It's a good question. Um, so a couple of things to a comment that you made um, and a couple comments was, you know, like there's quote unquote 500,000 podcasts. A, that's true on some levels, but B, the active podcasts are so much lower than that because a lot of people start podcasts, but very few people continue with their podast. 93% mm-hmm. of podcasts do not make it past episode seven. So no think, way. Yeah, yeah. Think of those 500,000 podcasts. Almost all of them are not producing new content. So for podcast hosts, it's an amazing time to be a podcaster because if you are willing to be consistent and deliver valuable information, you are going to build an audience, period. You're going to outlive and outlast other people that are just dropping left and right. Uh, and Highly recommend. Obviously, this is you know a little self-serving here, but I mean it's completely free um, to anybody who's listening right now. I have a free podcasting course. If you think you might want to learn more, freepodcastcourse.com. And I just teach you in a, in ten video tutorials how to create and launch your podcast and why podcasting is on fire. And just you can learn more about it there. Again, the course is a hundred percent free. It's just my gift to people that might want to get out there and share their voice and their message with the world because it's such a cool medium to do. And I think that podcasting Mimi is going to continue to grow. and It's going to continue to gain more listeners because we're getting a lot more listeners than there are podcast hosts joining. So, you know, we might be getting, you know, 10,000 new listeners every day or a week or whatever, and only, you know, a hundred or five hundred podcasts are launching every week, and of those, you know, as we mentioned with the stat earlier, a bunch of those are becoming defunct pretty quickly as well. So, podcasting is going to continue to be an amazing medium for hosts who are creating great content, for listeners who are flocking to the medium. But I do want to put an asterisk here because I, I feel like I don't have illusions of grandeur when it comes to podcasting. Podcasts are great for people at a certain point in their day. They're not going to be something that you gather around at night, some uh, some speaker, and everybody just like listens to a podcast. Like, no, podcasting is not going to replace television. It's not going to replace this. It's not going to replace that. But it's going to be what people go to when they're driving in their car by themselves, when they're walking on the beach, when they're going for a jog, when they're at the gym, when they're planting in their garden, when they're folding their laundry. When you are doing something that you can't be actively visually watching a show or this or that, podcasting is going to take over that part of people's lives. And that's it though. It's not gonna it's not gonna expand past that, but that's great because that's all you need. But you know, I just don't have these illusions of grandeur that podcasting is gonna become the thing. Like it's gonna have its place, and that's amazing for people like you and I. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's that's really great. And I completely agree. Um, and I'm definitely going to go check out your course because I want to learn as much as I can about this. I'm only really on episode 13 now. So yeah, just keep going, girl. Yeah. Freepodcastcourse.com. We give a lot of great content there. You'll you'll learn a lot in a little amount of time. That's awesome. And and you're right. Listen, like like we were talking about before we started recording, but podcasting is so personable. I wrote a post on my Instagram page today, actually, with a caption talking about how I feel like I've opened up so much more on this podcast and it's just so much more intimate to me. And, you know, it's not just me posing a photo or, or doing a paid, um, you know, clothing ad on my page. Like it's just so much deeper. And I think that when it's just voice, I'm not thinking about being filmed on video. And I've, like I told you, have TV experience. Um, that aside with the whole producers manipulating you and stuff like this is just so real and raw. And I feel like I'm not nervous because there's no camera in front of me. I can just be myself, 
currently in my PJs on my bed, just chilling right here. And I feel like that's when I kind of say my realist stuff. You know what I mean? So you're right. I think podcasting isn't going to take over YouTube or Instagram or any of these massive platforms because it's not something you sit and listen to. You know, some people do it mostly it's while you're doing other things. I personally listen to podcasts while I'm um, walking to the gym, while I'm at the gym, while I'm um, at home getting ready and doing my hair and my makeup and getting ready to go to, to an event. Or, you know, it's it's those times of the day where, where you can't be looking at a screen, but you still want to be engaged in a certain way and you want to learn about different things. And I think I've learned so much about so many different topics ever since I've listened to podcasts. I have this newfound love for health and I feel like I've I've done like a bachelor's in health <laughs> at this point because the past eight months, like I've been listening to podcasts on it. So it's a really amazing, amazing thing to do just listening to podcasts. So I, I totally agree with you. Um, and that's why I think YouTubers, I've noticed they have such great engagement on their Instagram pages compared to bloggers because the their followers think that they're friends with them. They really can relate to the person. Whereas on Instagram, unless you're doing a lot of stories and your your Insta stories are really engaged, it's so much harder. Like writing a caption isn't as personable. Yeah, totally agree with that. And listen, podcasting is a great medium because like you said, you can just kind of have a conversation, be yourself, let your hair down, you know, be you. Instagram is wonderful as well. I would never talk bad about the Instagram platform because I love it and I use it. But a lot of people on Instagram, they're showing you the one perfect second in their otherwise pretty unperfect day or imperfect day. That's just a reality. And guess what? Nothing wrong with that, but it is a reality. So podcasting, you kind of get to know the person. That's why I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, like when you get people walking up to you to listen to your podcast, you're going to be like, wow, this is crazy because they're going to have a level of connection with you that is just really hard to beat. Absolutely. And, you know, I do have some people come up to me when they, um, the ones that watch my vlogs, because I do um, some vlogs on my YouTube sometimes, and that's when I kind of open up as well. And I have some followers that come up to me in London because most of my audience is in London. Um, and I get recognized quite a lot because I used to be on a reality show that was based in um, West London called Made in Chelsea. And all of the people that um, are in West London basically know the people on the show. So I have a lot of the girls that follow me from there and they see my vlogs. And like I can just tell if they really you know, look at all of my content or if they just know me from the show because it's such a different connection. And I feel like I'm talking to a friend because they know me and I, you know, I feel like I know them because they know me, you know, it's kind of (laughs) weird. Totally. I love that. Yeah. All right. So I have a few questions left for you. Do you regret any business mistakes that you've made in this whole social media podcasting world? And would you do anything differently if you could go back in time? So, you know, one thing I do regret, and I think a lot of people that podcast have the exact same regret, is I wish I had launched earlier. You know, I tried to have everything perfect and all the stars aligned before I launched. I wanted my website perfect. I wanted like an email sequence set up. Like I wanted this, I wanted that, because we all have these illusions that when we launch, the floodgates are open and everybody's going to listen tomorrow. And oh my God, we better have everything perfect. And guess what? Nobody listens at first, period. You know, unless you have this massive you know, already big audience, which, you know, you probably did have Mimi from Instagram and different things that you've done in the past, you're not going to have listeners from day one. If you are 99% of podcasts 
um, hosts, you are not going to have listeners from day one. You're going to slowly and steadily build an amazing audience, but it's going to take time. So my biggest regret is not just is just not launching earlier, just launching, getting it out there, making it happen, learning along the way, setting things up as you go. You know, maybe that analogy of jumping out of the airplane and building your parachute on the way down, like that's totally doable with podcasting. In fact, you should because you just got to get it out there because that's the only way you're going to learn. So, so many people wait weeks and months and sometimes, believe it or not, people have waited years to launch that podcast. And uh, mm-hmm. it just, I shake my head because I'm like, you just got to launch. You got to get it out there. So that's my biggest regret, period. Yeah, I can totally relate to that as well. You know, it's it's with everything in life. I wish I started earlier. I wish I did this, this. But you're right. You know, starting before you're ready, you're never going to be ready. If, if you think you're going to be 100% ready, you're wrong. You're never going to. <laughs> so you're totally right on that one. And okay, finally, the question that I like to ask some of my um, guests at the end of my podcast is, let's say you've woken up on the wrong side of the bed one morning. What do you do that ensures that you'll bounce back and have an awesome day? It's my morning routine. Like my morning routine is everything for me. It is about 90 minutes and it involves a lot of things. I'll whip through it real quick. But I wake up after preferably eight to nine hours of sleep. I'm a big sleep head. Like I always love to get my sleep. And then boom, I'm down right right by my pool and I'm working out. And what am I doing for my workout? Like I'm doing a rebounder to get the lymph nodes moving. I'm doing a rowing machine to kind of get some cardio on. Then I'm doing some weights. Then I have this amazing infrared sauna that I'm sitting in and just sweating out all those toxins. And I'm loving that. Then I'm getting out. I'm taking a cool shower. I'm sitting down outside by the pool still getting that nice morning vitamin D Puerto Rico sun blasting me, getting my circadian rhythm moving because now that vitamin D, that sun, it's just getting my body in that cortisol shot. And while I'm sitting in that chair, like just kind of taking that all in, I am meditating, I am reading, and I am journaling. So that is a morning routine that I have every single day that makes sure that no matter what happened the night before, the day before, the week before, I am on fire for that day. This is amazing. I do a morning routine as well. And I always tell my followers about it because it changes my day. And that is kind of why I asked that question because I want to know what other people would do. Mine is kind of similar. I wake up and I do some reading and I have a bulletproof coffee and I do some journaling and I plan out my day. I do a little meditation where I visualize the person that I want to be and what she would be doing this today. And um, then I map out what I'm going to do and I plan around that and then I go work out. So that is awesome. I love, I feel like we have really, you know, read a lot of the same content throughout (laughs) the past few years. We know what works. (laughs) We know what works. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so, so much. I really think today was such a great episode. And I think a lot of the listeners are going to benefit so much and maybe even start their own podcast Mm. and get inspired. Well, that would be exciting because listen, if you are listening to this, you have a message, you have a mission, you have a voice, share it with the world. I mean, what if you have 10 listeners and you change their lives? Wouldn't that be worth it? And it's so much fun. Take it from Mimi, take it from myself. It is fun. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye, guys. Have a great day.